actually ran out of time there before I could finish talking about kale. So let's finish with the beginning of the, this portion of the show. We'll talk a little bit about how to harvest and how to store your kale. You can actually start harvesting baby kale at 25 days, mature kale at about 50 to 60 days, depending on the variety. Harvest by snapping off or cutting the older outer leaves first to allow the center of the plant to continue producing more kale for you. And as I always want to remind you, for the best flavor, harvest after the first couple of frosty nights, as cold greatly improves the taste of kale. Kale leaves harvested in the heat of the summer can be bitter and a little tough. Best for long cooking, soups or stews, but probably not really good in salads. Try storing whole bunches in the fridge. Wrap a bunch of unwashed kale in a layer of paper towels and store in a glass container, supermarket bag, or even a zip-top bag in the refrigerator in the crisper drawer if you can. The kale should last for at least a week, maybe as long as a week and a half or two if you really put it in there while it was fresh. And here's a tip I didn't know for a while. Kale is one of the only greens that you can actually wash and prep days in advance without worrying about it getting moldy or wilting terribly. You can stem and chop the leaves, wash them, dry them thoroughly. And a salad spinner is the way I like to do it, or, you know, at least with kitchen towels. And store the chopped kale wrapped in a paper towel, again, in a glass container or a zip-top bag. And that should still look fresh and be good for at least three days after you've done that. If you sometimes get overwhelmed with kale, as all of us do that grow it, uh, if you're not going to use that kale within a week or so, you can freeze your kale leaves to use them in green smoothies later on or to cook with. The, to blanch the kale, boil a large pot of salted water and prepare a large bowl of ice water. De-stem the leaves using a knife or however you want to do it by hand, and then cook them in the boiling water until they're bright in color, one or two minutes at the most. Drain the kale in a colander, then quickly transfer the leaves to the ice water to cool. Dry the blanched kale thoroughly using a salad spinner again or kitchen towels. Then freeze the leaves initially on a baking sheet. Once frozen solid, store them in a zip top bag in the freezer and they'll last six months or eight months, folks, if you've got them pre-blanched. You can add individual leaves straight from the freezer to smoothies or chop them while frozen and add them to various soups or stews. Incidentally, if you want to harvest seeds from your kale plants, you need to be sure to isolate the crop from any of your other brassicas, varieties that are anywhere in the area because they can cross-pollinate. That includes other kale varieties, even cabbage, collards, broccoli, cauliflower, bok choy. They can all intermix. And believe it or not, you can't always even control this. Some of that pollen can drift a mile or more. <laughs> so if you've got a bunch of people around, you might consider a uh, seed isolation tent. I won't get into that here, but they do exist. You remember, because kale is a biennial, though, it will produce stalks of yellow flowers during its second year of growth. Let these flowers turn into elongated seed pods, which you should allow to dry out on the plant if possible. Gather the dried seed pods in a bag and let them dry even further indoors. I usually leave them in a week or so. Once fully dry, shatter those and collect the largest, healthiest seeds for planting. If you can't use the seeds during the next season or so, you can store your kale seeds in a cool, dry place and they would last three or four years, maybe five years if they just stay dry and cool. Kale is one of the most nutrient-dense foods that humans eat. 
So it is great to incorporate into any healthy whole food diet. I'm going to give you just what one cup of raw kale has been studied to give to you. One cup now. It gives you over 200% of the vitamin A you need from a normal adult diet. 680% of vitamin K, which in some places is hard to get. Over 100% of vitamin C. 10% of your B6s. And even as much as 10% of your calcium, just from one cup. And there's some other things. It has magnesium, it's got a little copper, potassium, everything in it, manganese even. So you're talking about basically almost a vitamin pill in every cup of kale you eat. If you haven't cooked with it much yet, do realize that kale holds its texture well during cooking and it can be steamed, sauteed, roasted, of course eaten raw. You can blend it into smoothies, put it into soup, bake it into, believe it or not, kale chips are really good. I've had some that somebody knew more about how to make than I did, but they're excellent. It also makes a really interesting pesto. It is a good idea to remove the leaves from the middle rib or stem because it tends to be a little bit tough, fibrous, and bitter, especially in the warmer parts of the country and especially in the summer. Remove them by hand or with a knife or or even kitchen shears work great on the bigger leaves and use the stems chopped into stir fries or smoothies or just simply compost it and put them back into the garden. So as I always end some of my little uh, diatribes I get in, it's probably more than you've ever wanted to know about kale, but it is a wonderful, wonderful vegetable that's become quite popular here. Again, I'm only careful now. I would only buy organic, certified organic at the markets or grow my own because it's showing up more and more often on what we call part of the dirty dozen list because of the number of herbicides and pesticides they're using to try to grow it in as much volume as they can. Since I started this part of the show, again, talking on gardening, in this case, how to take care of the food you do grow. I'm going to take a a minute and give you what I call the best store-bought organic disease controls for your garden. Now, I make a lot of my own. People that know me know that, and I have formulas for that. But I'm going to give you just three or four that have kind of come along in the last few years that have proved to be very safe, very efficient, and pretty much able to be found all across the country. Then I'll give you one formula at the bottom that I sort of started inventing on my own, but other people have added to it since I've kind of gotten away from it for a few years, and I think the uh, current mix that they have coming up with is pretty doggone good. So let me give you the names of four what I call tried-and-true, commercially available, organic gardening additives. First one that comes to mind is a mycorrhizae-based fertilizer. Watch for the active word mycorrhizae. Made from kelp and other plants, this is really a probiotic-rich formula. Uh, It energizes the whole soil biota, the whole mess, and boosts your plant's immune system against pests and disease attacks. And incidentally, it is a normal product found in soils all the time. You're just boosting up the percentages of it. And a product that's not often thought about is fabric insect barriers. They have a summer weight agricultural fabrics now that are super light and can be cut and pinned down to protect your, especially your wide row beds from flying insects, which are often vectors for plant diseases, even if the insect itself is harmless. I will say here, they don't make the garden look very nice, but nothing else keeps the bugs off any better. And therefore, also, because it keeps the bugs off, it keeps the diseases at bay. So... The best I can think of are what we call light agricultural fabric barriers. 
available at most garden centers anywhere in the country these days. A quick reminder though, do realize if you have crops that are flowering that need pollinators, you can lift them up while till those flowers get pollinated. You do need bugs in your garden of certain kinds sometimes. And there's a form of bacillus that we've known about for a long time, but it used to be about impossible to find commercially. It comes in a bottle with a container on it that says Garden Sentinel Biofungicide. It's a preventative, broad-spectrum treatment for both funguses and bacterial diseases in vegetables, ornamentals, fruit trees, shrubs, flowers, bedding plants, potted ornamental plants, and lawns. Instead of harsh chemicals like sulfurs and things that are really hard on your, on your biology, this product uses naturally occurring probiotic bacteria. Uh, they're a bacillus ambilolycophacians. And no, I won't try to pronounce that twice, but they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> and another product that we don't think about at gardening as much as we should is just those little yellow sticky traps. They protect your plants from little small flying insects that feed on the roots and the leaves and leave eggs everywhere like fungus gnats, white flies, leaf miners, great on aphids, thrips, and other small flying insects that cause damage to your plants. And of course, even if that bug itself again doesn't hurt your plant, it spreads disease. And the good news is they come in all kinds of nice little shapes and they're kind of cute and neat. And most of them are just sticky enough to, for the small bugs to get stuck on. But they're really not much danger to your butterflies or other things if that's what you're, or bees if you want to, if that's what you're going to worry about. I'm going to do a quick rundown on here on a mixture you can do of your own. It's going to be difficult to follow, but if you go to my website, organicmatters.info, one term, organicmatters.info, I will have it printed on this week's um, URL, we call it, that will come up Monday, Sunday or Monday, it'll be on from then on. But I'll go through it real quick with you just so we kind of know what's in it because it's really an extension of stuff we've used for years. It contains some baking soda, a couple tablespoons. I do put one commercial tablespoon of insecticidal soap. You can almost make that stuff, but it's so inexpensive and so safe by all means. Go get it because it's got a bunch of other uses. I use garlic in it. I'll put 10 cloves if I have a chance. A little bit, maybe a half a pint, a little bit more of, of any kind of cheap vegetable oil, or you can use a mineral oil. I prefer vegetable oils. I mix it with a little bit of warm water to get it together. I add about a tablespoon of vinegar, a quarter of a cup now of sulfur, not unsulfured, real sulfured molasses, and then a couple tablespoons or so of a liquid kelp or a fish emulsion, but something, something that's biologically uh, active. And then... Finish it off with in about a gallon of warm water. Again, I know that's hard to follow on a radio show. So come to my organic matters in for or, or you can call it just back up my name, all lowercase Bruce B R U C E dot Dooley D E U L E Y Bruce dot com, and you can get to my URL without having to go through all the radio stations or anything, and it will be on there. In its completion, I don't even know who to give the credit to for this. I claimed I did parts of it. A friend of mine named Howard Garrett has his own version of it. This is a man that, for some reason, posted it for us, and I've even put it together. But it doesn't tell you. It just adds a few things I think are beneficial, but doesn't even give himself credit. So, well, whoever he is, we want to thank him for it because it, it really is effective. A little bit of a trouble get mixed, but it'll last you all all your gardening season, if you take care of it, keep it cool and away from everything. Don't sit it out in the sun. So anyway, that's that's one of many. 
And I do a lot of those. If you have anything you're having a particular problem with, you come to me at, I'll give you a third way, natureapproved at yahoo.com. All one word, natureapproved at yahoo.com is my email. And any of those will get you, I look at my stuff two or three times a week, not every day because I have other things I'm doing. But I will get back to you if I can have any answers that can help you. So thanks for staying tuned for this portion of Organic Matters. Organic Matters.